quick little intro about this about this episode. It for has s- to do with me. For some reason, um, Lauren is so echoey in this one, and we don't know why we're bad at technology. Sorry. It's alien invasion? <laughs> or we don't know shit about technology. You decide. Enjoy. Sorry. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Lauren. And you're listening to Podcast Podcast. The podcast that talks about how great podcasts are. How self-obsessed. Well, Eric, I wanted to start off with a little surprise. Go on. Do you like surprises? I mean, it depends on if they're good surprises or bad surprises. This is a good surprise. Are you taking me on a trip? Yes, (laughs) you're getting a car! Uh, Bees! Uh, Um... (laughs) I know, I was just thinking, you know, our listeners don't necessarily know you very well. Oh, man. And I, I thought I'd just ask you a few questions. I don't think I like To this. get to know you. Oh, you're, okay. You're going to love these questions. I thought you were going to pull up some, like, you, no, YouTube. No, no, no. Like, I saw you on security footage, like, kicking a dog. <laughs> Can we talk about it? No. I mean, that I mean, dog I would, was a real I would real never dick. ask you about that. Yeah. That dog looked me in the eyes, and I just... Oh, my what, God. What would you have done? Ugh, kick, kick, kick. Kick, kick, kick. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. No, okay. yeah, just you know, I think these will really like let your let your personality shine. The way you're just introducing this makes it seem like it's not going to let my personality. No, shine. I'm positive. <laughs> um, question number one: Have you ever shot and or killed a gorilla? That's a really great question. Uh, just follow up to that question: um, Does it count if a small child has gotten into the gorilla cage? Either way. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I have not. Okay. Um, that's enough of that. Okay. Moving on. Go on. Yeah. Um, who was the last person you texted? Uh, oh, uh, my friend Brian. Okay, that's enough of that. Great. Moving on. Um, do you have a monthly subway pass or do you pay for each ride? I bet I know the answer to this. I know you know the answer. It's a good question. It's very revealing. And here's the thing. Monthly, but I get it like through work. So it's like pre-tax. Okay, that's enough. Too much information. Okay. That's a lot. I like, didn't know this was like a lightning We round. don't even want to go down that rabbit no, hole. No, okay, yeah, okay. sorry. People don't even know I have a job. I know, don't, God. That's not... That's yeah. for next time. Okay. <laughs> um, have you ever put out your clothes the night before work? Or yes. Oh, you have? Well, okay. if I'm like uh, going no, on a trip. No, I don't want to know oh, sorry. Else. Okay, that's enough. Um, don't you hate it when you get popcorn stuck in your teeth? Yes. <laughs> I knew it. Okay. Um, oh, remember that time we went on a cruise? Yes. <laughs> that was the right answer. Um, and have you ever had a crush on a teacher? Ooh, yes. Okay, that's good. See, now we know Eric better. Do, do you like him more? I like a real interview with only yes or no questions. Right. I feel like we learned a lot. Can I expand on the teacher one? I'm, I want to talk Actually, about sure. it. Actually, sure. Okay. Yeah. So, um... I had this teacher my sophomore year, Mrs. Carmichael. Sounds hot. Yeah, she was like a real babe, and not in like a not in like a slutty teacher kind of way. She was just like young and like really pretty, and she gave me mixed feelings. And she was so smart. Did she like you back? Did you feel that she liked you back? Honestly, I did press my lips against her lips, and she did call the principal. Oh but my god! That means she likes you. I think she's playing hard to get. 
Yeah, that's exactly what it's Also, I, I was confused. I was just generally confused back then because I was trying to go after the latest. Yeah, well, I mean, she sounds pretty hot. No, so it sounds like great. it'd be confusing to everyone. And she was like an expert on Elizabethan literature, oh, which is, stop. you know, every guy's biggest oh turn on, especially in high school. High school boys are just like wild for yeah, Shakespeare. man, I bet you had to beat some guys away to, yeah. to get Yeah, I mean, attention. it was one of those things where it's like, you know, anytime there's like a young, good-looking teacher, all the students are like, ooh la la. Right. Don't you think? Did you have a crush on a teacher? Um, Not to make this about you, because really this, this is isn't a my to interview. I don't think they want to know about me. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I highly. We've been getting a lot of tweets about how folks are like not really interested. I know. In getting into Lauren. I know. Well, that, that's why we had this special segment. Maybe next time we can was, ask you some more yes or no questions. That was a good surprise. I like it. Yeah, can I? Good. Can I start surprising you? If you want, I I love surprises. I, I love surprises. I like balloons. this idea that we, balloons. I like this idea that we like. Catch each other. Yeah. Watch Catch out. Catch each other off, the, off Watch guard. out. Keep on your game. Better believe it. Speaking of um, on our game, can you really quickly just detail um, all the corrections that oh, we had from sure. last oh, episode? Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> there were none because we're perfect. We did it such a good job. Yeah, actually, though, I think I might have in a past episode said I thought rape jokes were funny. Yeah, that wasn't the only thing you said. I, ooh, there was some, there ooh. was, l- last episode, or maybe it was a couple episodes ago, there were some seedy things that we that we got into. Worse than admitting that you kicked a dog for doing nothing except looking you in the eyes. That was not part of the get that, to know you round, and okay. I won't address it. Okay. I won't okay. address it again. Okay. okay. Well, no, I was, I, I would like to change my stance on finding rape jokes funny. Oh. I just read Lindy West's Shrill. Yeah. And she goes on about that. Is that a book or an article? It's a book. book. Yeah. And Lindy West is a blogger for Jezebel and The Stranger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she wrote a book, and it made me think differently about it. I don't know. It just, it doesn't I matter. I really like that. So it's like, I, I, I could kind of think they're funny, but like, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. They're not, it's not. The, not not worth it right, ever. Right. Ever. It just even if it's funny, it's so interesting. I was just talking to my husband about this. Um, the idea of you know like a, a black comedian can talk about you know black culture in a funny way, and then they could talk about white culture in a funny way because obviously like you know the the oppressed minority can talk about the majority. It can't go the other way around. Like a white person can't make jo- stand up jokes about right. You have to punch black people. Up. Exactly. Uh-huh. But he was sort of saying, I don't know, that I feel like it has been done. Like, it has been done sort of in a nuanced way, in a successful way. But I wonder if this same sort of standard applies where it's like, even if it's even if they've sort of proven themselves to not be racist, even if they sort of have, you know, respect in the black community, even et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, maybe it just should be a blanket rule that, like, white folks don't make jokes yeah about it's just probably usually not worth it and like it's just we, it's important to change the rhetoric and lang- language yeah. is really important and yeah. also lindy west in the book talks a lot about how comedy comedy clubs need to be safe places for women yeah and 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 that's a not safe like that could make people just not feel good and that's not what comedy is for yeah it, and she talks about how she kind of loved comedy and then started speaking out against rape jokes and everyone kind of labeled her as this like comedy hating troll and she mm. could no longer love comedy because she, just because she said rape jokes aren't funny you know so 
it seems like maybe in 500 years yeah. we can start telling rape jokes again, but right now we can't. Well, or like maybe if men in general can get their shit together and stop raping people. Right, yeah, that's what I mean. Jokes. 500 yeah. I give like 500 Oh, years. you think that in 500 sure, years? Sure, I see a bright future. I, yeah, I just feel like, I've, I, I feel like with this Stanford rape case and the more I hear different perspectives from my female friends, I'm, I'm realizing really how unsafe women feel in so many places. And so I kind of like what she's saying where like if the comedy club could be one of those safe spaces, right. why shouldn't we make it that? Well, I was just thinking about how unsafe gay people must feel after the Orlando shooting. Like I, I yeah. the, how scary it is just to be who you are in a place. Like it's, yeah. it's really terrifying. Also about the, the Stanford rape case, that kid is from Ohio he is. and his name is Brock. And when I was a lifeguard, there was this little shitty kid who I had to teach some lessons to named Brock. And I, like, really thought it might be him. He would... Is all, all No, I don't oh. think so. He's oh not from God. anywhere near where we grew up. But he would just float around in the water and go like this. I'm Brock. <laughs> I'm Brock. And I'd be like, yes, Brock, I get it. And why did your mother name you Brock? Oh, my God. Anyway, it's not him. But, like, I can see him doing that. Because he'd be, like, the right age. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, obviously, they're both pretty self-important so right one's you know spouting your name every two seconds exactly. and one thinks he can that, get away with really i mean cool. that's a red flag it's a real red flag. yeah i i um was reading an article that i have no information on it so this is not helpful but it was talking about how all the things women could do if men had a curfew <laughs> and all these women were commenting like oh my god i could listen to my headphones after dark like i could listen no. to music walking down the street and it just makes you realize how shitty it is and how, like, women... And, and to your point, like, you know, as a gay man after the Orlando tragedy, like, it, it does remind me how, like, I'm constantly thinking about, like, what if I'm outed by my voice or my actions in this situation in something that's violent because that happens. Like, you, you just... People who are aggressed upon in that way just, like, have to constantly be thinking about that yeah, shit. Yeah, and if you're not one of those people, you kind of have to fuck off because you don't get yeah. it. So you're not allowed to tell jokes about it. Like, you kind of don't, you it's, won't get it. It's so true, and I also feel like even some of my, you know, greatest allies, like my my straight family and friends who are couldn't be more supportive, I found, like, didn't quite get what you're actually articulating about how the Orlando shooting made me feel. And it made me realize, oh, I will never get the... The, the struggles of a woman and I will never fully understand what it's like to be a racial minority in this country. Like, I, I think you're right. There's something, there's something that, that just like will never quite be understood about those experiences. Right. And all, all the more important, I guess that we are all open and listening and, um, yeah, like trying to do good. And talking about it right now. I'm talking about it right now. Yeah. On our hilarious well, laugh a minute podcast. Back to the funnies. We just got <laughs> we have to do like 40 farts just to make up for I how know, serious seriously. that bit was. Oh my gosh. Woo! Are we ready for a clip? You tell me. Oh. <laughs> okay. Our first clip is from Tomfoolery. Um, it, it, for each episode, there's this comedian, Cody Melcher, and he, like, brings up his funny friends, and they talk about books that, like, somehow, by some weird <laughs> grace of God... Or self-publishing. Yeah, or that, made it through the cracks. And, um, some of the titles are, like, uh, How to Goodbye Depression. <laughs> I mean, I would like to goodbye depression that every is, once in a while. I like that phrasing. Uh, managing a Dental Practice, the Genghis Conway. <laughs> okay. Not joking. The audience for that book... Like, the amount of dentists who, A, are seeking out, like, dentist help, 
B, have like a funny sense of humor. Like C, are dentists. That's a very, there's like 30 people who would buy that book. That makes me think I'm one of those 30 people I listening you to you talk be. about it. I think you might be. Um, the Bible <laughs> and Flying Saucers. Yep. Uh, dating for Under a Dollar. That's great. A good I'm sure one. there's a great ideas in there. Anyway, um, many of these books cannot be purchased in stores anywhere. Not uh, even like not even like, online. Like nowhere. You like there do not exist. exist. There's like yeah. one copy. Yeah. Um, and it's in my backpack because it's my favorite <laughs> book. Um, but if if you like books and comedy, I can't think of a better podcast for you. And I like both of those things. And um, this episode, Cody and his guests, Bill and Charlie, talk about this book you might have heard of recently. I don't yes, know if you've heard of I it. Did, I did read an article about this. A Birthday Cake for George Washington. And it's an illustrated children's book about George Washington's slave making him a birthday cake. Adorable. Yeah. The, the message seems to be that, like, being a slave wasn't, like, all that bad. Like, they got to do cool shit, like, make birthday Ugh. cakes. They, they were so important. They made birthday cakes for the president. And, like, Yikes. The, the, like they were doing cool things. Like, anyway, the question is... Um, how did this book slip, slip through the cracks? So let's take a listen. It was like, there's so many steps they have to get through. And uh, having the backing of the author being a woman of color, it might be a bunch of guilty white people be like, oh, I guess well, no. so. Uh, yeah, and that's yeah, my sure. thought off of like what Bill was saying yeah. about her being Trinidadian. She should have known better. I honestly think that's part of the problem is that a lot of people, it's an ethos issue. A lot of people went, well, I mean, they think it's okay, so... Yeah, no, totally. If oh, they think how it's okay, then does why a, else... Does a why white comic say? make a racial joke? And even if the joke is kind of, like, good and actually it comes from the right place, people in the audience will look at me and wait oh, for sure. me to laugh. Approval. Oh, sure. Or they, they wait for my approval. I, mean, I had no idea that that would be such a good segue from what we were talking about before. And actually, I didn't listen to this clip in advance, so that's funny. That's so funny that it tied together. The world makes sense. <laughs> um, well, first of all, okay, when you heard the title of this book, did you assume that the author was maybe like a white man? I didn't. Like, I didn't realize that it wasn't a white man right. until they, it that, was, they said it, that. Just it's now. a black one. She's from Trinidad. So interesting. So it does bring up an interesting thing. Like, did people feel like they couldn't turn it down? Because like we're like white men being like, this is actually making me kind of uncomfortable. This seems like a bad idea, but like, like she's a a woman of color and she wants to do it. So maybe right. that makes it okay. I mean, I don't or, see how you could ever think it's okay. Or were those publishers like, this makes me feel better about myself. Right. Like, Ugh, I'm, it's so gross. Uh, yeah. I don't usually like to talk about gross things. Um, I, can I just read a quote from the book? <laughs> I wish you I would. wish I had it in front of me. You know, when I was working at Barnes and Noble, I tried to get a cop, my hands on a copy yeah. and like, no, no, no. Like there's very hard to find now. Oh, <laughs> like as soon as the media, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like not okay. How old is this book? I feel like I remember. This just happened in like February, yeah. like January maybe. Yeah. Um, no, I think it was January. Um, okay. <clears throat> <laughs> Everyone is buzzing about the president's birthday, especially George Washington's servants, servants who scurry around the kitchen preparing to make this the best celebration ever. Oh, how George Washington loves his cake, and oh, how he depends on Hercules, his head chef, to make it for him. Hercules, a slave, takes great pride in baking the president's cake. Oof. But this year, there is one problem. They're out of sugar. The one problem is that they're out of sugar. That's the only problem. I don't think that's the only problem that we've got here. This, this is uh, just very problematic for me. I don't, I just don't know if, if it's, um, if slavery is right for children's book fodder. No, and not painted in this light. Like, 
I mean, it goes back to the whole thing of like a black comedian is making a black joke. Are white people allowed to laugh at it without confirming it's right. funny first? Like, it's kind of what we were just talking about. And like, can you ever imagine reading this book to your children? No. And like thinking that it would be teaching them a good lesson. Yeah. Because like, um, even... Lauren and I are both white. Oh, I forgot to mention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I can't imagine me reading this to my children. But it just, I think the main thing is like white people are so uncomfortable about talking about like black issues yeah. that sometimes they just like throw up their hands and go like, I don't know what to do. Like yeah. I give up. I, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Like go, sure. Write your book. Like, ah, yeah. Like, I also do think there's like a lot of people in this country, the South who are slavery apologists and do feel like it wasn't so bad. This book is actually, that's right. Sometimes I get, I forget because I live in New York city and I don't have yeah. friends like that. There are people that are like, this is a good lesson for a little right. dolly. This actually shows us the other right. side. Of this is right. Did you watch, um, Chelsea Handler's like docuseries? on Netflix. No. Chelsea does. No. It was really, really good. I liked it a lot. But the best episode was the one on race. So she went down to the South and maybe maybe it was Virginia or South Carolina or something. Um, and she was talking to these people at like a farmer's market maybe. And there was, you know, like some white folks and some black folks. And the white people at this farmer's market were honestly arguing to Chelsea that slaves didn't have it that bad and that some people <sighs> like had a better lives under Jim Crow laws. Oh my God. Like some really cringy, cringy shit. And mind you, the, their stand is like 10 feet from the stand of like a, a black farmer. You know, like yeah. I just cannot imagine thinking that way. Right. I guess it's good to remember that that, that does exist. Yeah. We forget. Yeah. We forget. And they were also talking about the um, Confederate flag. And how like it doesn't it doesn't represent slavery and ugh, I can't. Um, well, so Eric, you're allowed to laugh at gay jokes, mm-hmm. and I encourage you to all of them. Yep. And I'm gonna Every laugh at all of the women jokes yep. and the blonde jokes. Yep. Um. But do you think that there was any like good intentions for this book at all? Like, I mean, I I have to think this Trinidadian woman did not think what she was creating was. Offensive. Obviously, it wasn't offensive to her. Yeah. Right? Or else God. she wouldn't have made it. Maybe we'll try to get her on the podcast. I have a few questions. I, have a yeah. few, I would like to know if she has a monthly subway pass. Yep. <laughs> or <laughs> if she pays or and she, if she likes it when popcorn gets stuck in her teeth. She, That's what I would ask These her. are the hard-hitting questions. Right. I, so, okay. So, me and a couple of friends are starting this thing where we're creating, um, we're creating children's books. A- anyway, it doesn't matter. But... The amount of thought that went into so many factors, like, you know, how does the culture represented in the book reflect the culture of our intended audience? Like, is this an early reader? Is this a middle reader? Are these older kids who are actually early readers because they haven't been really been taught literacy early on in their lives? Like, there's just so much analyzing that is going into this, and I just see none of that in this book. Well, it's, I think a lot of times people think, oh, I'm just going to write a children's book. Like, yeah, it's easy. There's true. not as many words. Yeah. Like, it's like, no, it's like powerful. You're like talking to children. I know. Like, they're going to read this shit a hundred times a night. And also, like, they're learning how to read yeah. from your book. Oh, my God. I feel like it's totally like the celebrity thing to do. Like, I'll just write a children's book. It's easy. I'm going to write one. I just wrote one while you were talking. (laughs) Wow, that sounds easy. It's about how gay people don't have it that bad. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's about a little gay panda who always complains, but really his life is great. <laughs> he liked it better before Skoda said everyone could get married. <laughs> oh my God. I'd read that book. Uh, you're going to be reading it. Yeah. Um, so is your next clip more like uplifting? Because no, we need some like fun. I'm switching it around because I, I was going to do a political clip next, but I'm going to change uh, it. Uh, I'm going to change it to two dope. Good two call. Dope Let's talk okay, about two dope. Two dope queens. queens. So, um, Honestly, I, I think it's one of the funniest podcasts I listen to now. Um, the hosts are Phoebe Robinson, who I guess writes on Broad City and um, Girl Code on MTV, and Jessica Williams, who most folks probably know from The Daily Show. They're just so funny. And the thing I like is that they're really friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you can tell they hang out and they have, like, chemistry and they're 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 friends, which is fun. Um, unlike our podcast, which is, like, you know... Yeah, acquaintances business only work friends mm-hmm. um so this clip they're talking about um poking holes in pretty woman the movie yes. um which they had kind of recently revisited like one of my my favorite slash like most detested parts in the movie is like when they're like when they get back to his hotel the first night and he's like uh how much for the first for the whole night uh-huh. and she's like you can't afford me and i was like ew and <laughs> He was like, he was like, no, try me. She's like, three hundred dollars. Like, I know this movie was like, I understand like inflation, but this movie was like, this movie was like nineteen ninety. Like, people like understand that like three hundred dollars is like not that much money. And I feel like it's not like this was set in like There Will Be Blood where you're yeah. like, oh shit, that's a lot of fucking money. That's 15 houses. Right. But like in 19, like 1990, like the Chicago Bulls is like a successful team. <laughs> I feel like you could have an entire podcast called Poking Holes in Pretty Women. Ooh, that could go, yeah. Is it, you just have to make sure you don't say Poking Holes in a Pretty Woman. Right. It has to be distinctly. Make, make it sure that it's clear that it's the movie. And like quotes around it, like yeah. it's, it's the movie. I feel like most ladies your age have super strong feelings about this movie. Where do you stand? You're, uh, you're making a face. <laughs> I feel like this comes up a lot where I haven't seen things like The Wizard of Oz. Or yeah, Pretty that's Woman. fucked up. But, you know, I've tried to watch Pretty Woman. I just feel like um, it's like I get the feeling like when I'm reading a really bad book and I yeah. think I just can't. Like it's too. You have to bail. I have to bail. I, yeah. I have never made it through. I've seen scenes. Yeah. I've tried. It's so corny and awful. I can't. There are certain movies that I feel like you have to have watched them at a certain point in your life and, like, close to the time they came out or else it doesn't hold yeah, up. Yeah, you know, and I've probably seen it in, in its entirety at yeah. one point. I've, but at this point, I should probably watch it just... As, it'd be interesting, you know? Like, watching... Would it? I, maybe. Maybe I should watch I it. I also... I don't know why I find... I'll go see anything in the theater, probably because of popcorn, but mm-hmm. I, it's a real commitment for me to watch a movie at home. Yeah. They're not short. How long is Pretty Woman? Do you know? Uh, I could look it's it up. Like ninety minutes. It's probably short movies. Movies, but back it probably then, like, feels like nine hundred minutes. Yeah, at oh least. Gosh. I mean, and once again, I I watch crap, but like totally. I mean, oh my god! But anyway, so they. I think they agree with you. By the way, I think that they're realizing this movie does not stand up. Um, one of the reasons. Um, no, not not one of the reasons. But they're talking about Richard Gere, and later on in the podcast, and he's currently sixty six. And his current girlfriend is 32. Oh, my God. Well, did you know this? I did not know that. 
Woof. Um, That's uh, a, he's more than the, twice her age. These 32 year olds have to start, stop like making 32 year olds look bad. Like, and, and 66 year old men, like yeah. it's good for his money. Like, don't you know how bad it looks? I know, like, but I don't know. Maybe they're in love. I don't know. It's possible. I just feel like it sucks that these old guys just constantly get these young girls. I also feel like any like pretty hot 32-year-old, yeah. if Richard Gere was like, I would date you, like she's going to say yes. Yeah, but why? Just for the money and power? Yeah, and like she could get famous. You know, like this, Yeah, just, if that's know. what she was after. Yeah. I just feel like... Um, I mean, 32 is not so young. It's not like this is like a young, dumb girl or anything. Not that young girls are dumb. But, like, what? I'm 30. I don't know what I would have in common. Or I'm no. I'm some sort of age that is still appropriate to say Podcast Bay. Anyway, right. <laughs> um, I just can't I just can't imagine having a ton in common with a 66-year-old. No, there's there's nothing. I'm sorry, let's stop trying to be optimistic about it. Yeah. There's nothing. But I also feel like, you know, we're all adults. Like I can be friends with people in different generations from me, but like as far as a romantic relationship, I can't see it. Maybe Well, maybe if Richard Gere wasn't famous and he was like a normal person, right. I'd be like, oh my gosh, they must be in love because he doesn't have ten zillion dollars. Right, that's true, but like, because I'm he sorry. does have ten zillion dollars. Pick another sixty-six-year-old. Pick yeah. like a normal one. If yeah. you're so, in, if, if age doesn't matter to you. Right. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm an asshole. No, you're not an asshole. So, but I mean, this is, this is like a, a Hollywood problem. This idea that like oh, yeah. women and me, the ages thing. I um, was reading a Vulture article. I feel like half of my talking points are like, I was reading an article. <laughs> half the time it's like, I read a headline of an article. Um, I read a tweet. I read a tweet about a headline of an article. There was a Vulture article about how women often play mothers and grandmothers in films mm-hmm. when it's extremely age inappropriate. I was just talking to my friends about this. Uh, the really famous one is like Sally Field is Tom Hanks's mom in Forrest Gump and is like 10 years older than him. Well, she would have had to be 10 when she birthed him. It's Which- funny because my mom has often talked about how just as she's gotten older, like my mom is like a beautiful woman who is, she's, she's not gorgeous. Old, she's so yeah, stylish. She, and she's and, so youthful. And, yeah. But she has talked about how she feels like people don't see her. Yeah. Like she started noticing it. I like, remember her talking about that. It's so weird. Like it's as an older crazy. woman, you're just like, you, people stop caring about you, yeah. not noticing you, not acknowledging you. It's it's almost like are we saying that women are valuable for their like for how much men sexually desire right. them? Like once you can't date Richard Gere anymore, yeah. <laughs> like when you're 33, right? It's over. It's Which over. and by the way, 33 for me is next year. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is or, we better figure or this out. It's in 15 years because we're still saying podcast bay. Oh, that's right. We just whenever. And I'm like 22. Yeah. But we better figure this shit out before I get old. Like, I'm not that worried about it now, but, like, I will be like, when it affects still me. still Richard Gere, but, like, pretty soon, I could. No. no, next year, no. Yeah. Richard Gere, if you're listening, just, forget all that mean stuff I said about you. I'm interested. Yeah, and just, like, consider shifting it a bit, you yeah. know? Um, this is unrelated, but um, don't you wish we could get away with a podcast name like Two Dope Queens? Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's taken. I know. Ugh. I know that it just like that perfectly describes us. Oh, that happens to me so many times listening to the names of podcasts. Yeah, you're like, that should have been uh. me. I we could go with like two tepid Midwesterners. What if we spelled two? To O. Like to T O O. Like additionally. Right. Yeah. Two dope queens. Oh, or like or two dope queens. Like two dope queens. We could be like dope queens, comma two. T-O-O. Oh my god, like this we're is also like dope queens. So marketable. 
And we might be able, this is like a cheater brand situation. We might be able to like hop on the backs. Of, right. Like people will think they're listening to them. Be and they'll confused. be like, I guess this is the podcast yeah. I've loved for so long. You oh, just, well, I'll just keep just on keep listening. making reference to that time you were on The Daily Show. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I'll, I'll have to elaborate because and make things up. But hey, Lauren, no how's your friend John Stewart? Oh my gosh, we we went driving. Um, <laughs> this is he does drive in pantaloons. He does drive. I read that yesterday. Yeah, it was it was. I can't tell you anything more. He wouldn't want me to tell you. This all checks it's kind out. Kind of secret. From where I'm standing, this all <laughs> checks out. <laughs> okay, good. Um, um, I hope our next clip is also fun oh not really <laughs> and it's more like me bitching about being a woman yeah kind of it's it's uh the, i love That's the double lot. x scat fest it's yeah. the slate podcast uh it, they talk about feminism how it works in the modern world like yeah. looking through the lens of pop culture they talk about tv shows a lot and books and things trending in the news and on social media yeah. it's always always awesome it, hannah rosen noreen malone and june thomas and this is from um the episode Walk, Don't Wobble. They're talking about how women are kind of expected to wear high heels in the office. Oh my God, this episode is such a downer. (laughs) (laughs) And how there's not really that thing for men and how women are kind of seen as more powerful if they're wearing heels. And um, let's take a listen. That sounds hilarious. It's funny. And it is kind of true when you think about power in the office for women. It does involve more um, more polish than mm-hmm. it might, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I actually work in an office where it's a male boss and he wears jeans and a T-shirt. And for a while, I was like, cool, I can wear jeans and a T-shirt. And, no. Right. And, <laughs> re- <laughs> and bad conclusion. I know. Well, not really yeah. jeans and a T-shirt, but you know what I mean, the female equivalent. And I yeah. started to look around about six months ago and I realized that they're, the women who are sort of in positions of real power in the office, do not wear the female equivalent of jeans and a t-shirt. I love how she even has to say, like, the female equivalent of jeans and a t-shirt. Right. Oh, wait, not even that. Right. Like, it's not even a question that women can wear jeans and a t-shirt. Like, we're not even allowed to wear the, equ- the female the, equivalent the, of jeans and a t-shirt. Like, our baseline casual marker is com- at a completely different point. Right. Yeah. I am totally guilty of taking advantage of this because I dress like a real slob. No, you don't. You don't wear jeans and a t-shirt. I wear sort of like business casual equivalent of jeans and a t-shirt. Like I am as casual business as I can be. Well, then there's the other side of this that like, I don't know, if you weren't wearing jeans and a t-shirt and you were a man, are people going to think you're a douchebag and you take yourself too seriously? Like maybe guys are just like... Yeah. Wanting to wear high heels. Like, what if you wore high heels? People yeah. might not like it. People might be like, stop all that tapping noise. <laughs> they'd be like, you keep falling and breaking your ankles because you don't know how to wear high heels. They'd and I'm be, like, let me be me. They'd be like, is there a sexy, powerful woman walking down the hallway? And then they'd like turn around and be like, oh, it's just Eric again. Oh, man. I do have to say, anytime I see a coworker who is just like dressed to the nines every day, like super high, I don't, I don't, know, how they, I don't know how they do that. That to me is impressive and not something I would be good at. Well, um... Impressive for the, like, effort it takes, not because it's, like, a better thing to wear. And, like, I wear high heels a lot to work. In fact, it's funny because my husband loves sneakers, and he and his friends are always talking about, like, sneaker comfort, and they're analyzing shoes, and, like, I was listening to them talk about sneaker comfort, and I thought... Shoe comfort? What is that? I don't even think that has never occurred to me. I I just assume that every day my feet are going to be in pain. I don't even. I would never ever like 
compare comfort in different shoes. It's not something that as a woman I experience. And yeah. I wear, I'm pretty short. Yeah, so I are. feel like it makes me maybe feel more powerful. Or I also wonder if there's a thing where people are bragging about their pain tolerance. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's going on. Are we masochistic? I mean, all I know is I've known you for a long time, maybe like 15 years. Yeah. And I think the first time I saw you in tennis shoes and not high heels was like, Three four years ago. Yeah, I've 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 relaxed a bit. Yeah, a tiny bit. But I would never. I mean, I would never wear jeans to work. I yeah. would. And I was just working in a place where all of the men wore jeans to work every yep. day. Yeah. This week, our sponsor is Me Undies. Mm. Uh, today we're talking about our favorite undies, Me Undies. They are literally my undies. I have sent Me Undies a bunch of old pairs of my underwear and you can wear them for the tiny price of eight dollars a pair love it or your first pair is free no questions asked because nobody wants to be answering questions about their undies but they do want to wear my undies there's no commitment you can cancel or skip a month online anytime upgrade now to the world's most comfortable underwear i know they're the world's most comfortable underwear because i was just wearing them yesterday and I, I've already worn them in for you. Subscribe now. Thanks, MeUndies. <laughs> so grateful to our sponsor this week, MeUndies. I like that they that they um, distinguish that it's a tiny price of $8. Tiny. It's not like a low price no, of $8. Tiny. It's tiny. You can hardly see it. <laughs> now, when people order, do they like indicate their size? Um, you don't get to pick size or anything. And like it's, it's just like MeUndies. Like yeah. I'm whatever size I'm wearing at the time. Great. I, ha- I have, yeah, I have, oh, I have them back from many years ago, so yeah. some of them are pretty tiny. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to deal with it. No. Okay, good to know. Good to know. We're going to be running a um, underwear selling business, just like Orange is the New Black. Um, okay, I'm going to bring it a little serious, but it can, we can be funny about it. Okay. Um, so this next clip is from Keeping It 1600. Um hosted by John Favreau and Dan Pfeiffer. They're two former advisors to uh, Obama. I think they worked with him on his campaigns in 2008 and 2012. Um, They no longer work at the White House, but they have such good insight on the presidential race. Do you think they know Cal Penn? Didn't he work at the White House? Can you ask them? Find out. UN? No, he worked at the White House. I don't know. I think it was the White House. I think you're uh, right. Oh my gosh. I love Cal Penn. I like how you're not like, tell me about Michelle. You're no, like, do you no. know Cal Penn? No, that's what I ask everyone the first time I meet them. I'm like, do you have any Cal Penn connection? That is really I'm true. Still trying to meet him. Okay, so these guys are super smart. They know all about um, the ins and outs of politics and what this, you know, race is, is shaping up to be like. It's really interesting because they both obviously were. Um, running a campaign against Hillary in 2008. Um, and they talk about how they never felt like they could be, they could ever be like rooting for Hillary Clinton. So it's so fun for them to be now like kind of excited about Hillary, Hillary Clinton. They talk about how, how and why their opinions changed of her. Yeah. Which There's I find so really many people that I think were thinking the same thing, yeah. like never voting for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And like now it's like, can you can you reconsider? <laughs> and honestly, I think part of it is like she is a politician. Like she's a career politician. She has been doing this forever. And that's not necessarily a likable quality. But the more I sort of read about her and hear about, you know, her struggles in the beginning. And um my Alan was just telling me about this article he was reading where now I'm not even, now I'm not just quoting articles that I've read, I'm quoting <laughs> articles that other this is really devolving here. Um but she was talking about how she didn't change her last name the first five years of their marriage. But he 
I think like lost his governor's race and people felt like it was because she was appearing too independent. And so they, they sort of suggested oh that she gosh. change her name to Clinton. Man. Isn't that so interesting? Yeah, she's, and she just has such unique experience right now. Absolutely. Like no one knows about it except for her. Yeah. And that's why when people are criticizing her outfits and stuff, it's like nobody talk uh, about it. Like, who knows what she's going No one knows what she's going through and what she has to do. No one knows. Yeah. Partially because she's lying about it sometimes. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Wait, see, politics can be funny. Yuckety yuck. Um, uh, it's it's a really interesting podcast. They also talk about you know being in these sort of like internal like White House meetings and um, the three people like really having things to say are like the president, the vice president, and Hillary Clinton, the secretary of state. It's just so interesting. Um, so this clip is them discussing the reasons um, to be sort of confident that Hillary will win in November and reasons to maybe be scared that we might be uttering the phrase President Trump come January. I also think that can we can we pause for a second on one thing, sure. which is in the wake of 2012, the entire view of every smart person in both parties was Republicans, in order to win, have to fundamentally change the trajectory of their vote with <laughs> Hispanic voters. And their approach to that. I mean, I guess you could say they certainly not, they changed some kind of trajectory. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe that RNC report should have been a little more specific, but they nominated a guy who's been on a seven-day racist tirade against a Hispanic judge. And that's not, that. It, let's be clear, that is not just our Democratic view on it. That is the view of the Republican Speaker of the House. Woof. Uh, um, they go on to say that he also began his campaign saying that Mex- Mexicans are rapists. Oh, he didn't ease into it? Uh, no, he, right from the get-go, and that he recently celebrated Cinco de Mayo by posting a sad, sad photo of him eating a taco bowl. See, when he does something like that, I'm like, yes, this is so bad. Everyone's going to get it. And yeah. that's not what happens. And then people are like, yeah, taco bowl eating. Right. I like him even more. Mm. I know, it's bad. But at least he's sort of staying on message with his um, blatant racism. I, I'm not confused in no. his, on his stance. Uh-uh. No, one is, no one is claiming he is a flip-flopper. No, like, no one like has ever people. said that. That's no. true. That's he, one good thing yeah. about him, I guess. Although I guess like he used to be a Democrat, and he, like, used to, he would compliment Hillary on her strength as a politician. And Oh, yeah, totally. And he loves women. He says it. Oh, if like, he says it, it yeah, must be true. Yeah. Um, the these guys talked about the the advantage that Hillary has in all of her endorsements, which I thought was interesting. Just that, like, you know, pretty soon we're gonna have Barack, Michelle, mm-hmm. Bill Clinton, well, Elizabeth maybe. Warren. I mean, fingers Can't crossed. Wait to no, see I what hear they Bill see. Clinton has been like chomping the bit, and they're sort of like, we don't want to use you yet, but we yeah, will. You know, I, there was a. I think there was a Saturday Night Live sketch making fun of that. So oh, that's really? how you know it's true. <laughs> um, Elizabeth Warren has now endorsed her. Um, and eventually Bernie will come around. I have faith. It's funny because Elizabeth Warren, like, I feel like people were, like, pressing her to be the VP. Yeah. Like, but I don't think our country is ready for two women. Like, Wouldn't even it be so if, badass? It would be so badass. And even if she was the most perfect fucking person. Yeah. I think our country would explode if there were two <laughs> women. Like, one woman is, like, uh, uh, big enough. But yeah. like, I just don't think people can handle I can handle it, but I, don't, I just... 
I think that that there's no way that could happen. Yeah, two women. I don't know. I don't think N- Nancy happen. Pelosi was asked about that. Like, does she think that two women would be a possibility on the ticket? There'd be too many period jokes. <laughs> and like, Nancy Pelosi's response was, um, "There, there is a little bit of a history in this country of." Um, same-sex running mates. So she felt like it could be a possibility. Huh. Well, she's more optimistic <laughs> is, than me. Well, but it's such a funny joke because it's like, why the fuck couldn't it be two women? Every other scenario in the history of this country has been two men. Right. Hello. I know. So it's like, the issue is that it's like too much woman, but like, it hasn't been too much man. They haven't been like, stuck with their dicks in their hands, you not being able to do anything. You can never have too much man, Eric. <laughs> hubba hubba. <laughs> Oh man, I don't know. I, I certainly hope that these guys are right, that um, they're going to have some real momentum around around the support for Hillary. Um, regardless of, you know, whether you love Hillary or whether, you know, I think Bernie is great, but I think we can all agree that Trump is not a good situation. Yeah, and I think we can all agree to stop picking on Hillary's outfits. I'm getting really yeah, sick of it. I and if you're going to do that. it, do it behind my back because I don't like to talk about not it. Not interested. No. Remember when we, we were only scared of like, like the palins of the oh, world. Oh, that was cute. Oh, that was such an innocent time. Oh my gosh. It's like, do we miss Ted Cruz yet? I don't. Never will I yeah, miss Ted Cruz. I know. Even still. Marco Rubio though. Mary Fuck Hill, remember? Yeah. Um, I, I remember when I, I was so obsessed with Palin in the 2008 election. Like I would read everything about her, all about her family. And well, I was just so Well, that was so partially because of Tina Fey. <laughs> exactly. I mean, she really made her an interesting popular culture icon, but I thought she was just the worst thing and, you know, oh my gosh, if she was a heartbeat away, blah, blah, blah. And then Michelle Bachman came around. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, we had it so good it's with like Palin. whack-a-mole. I know. <laughs> oh, and her um, potentially G.I.Y. husband. Anyway, uh, we used to have it good. Yeah. It's somehow got. We can get through. We're going to get through this together. I feel the same way. Yeah. I have to kind of tune it out a little bit. It's yeah. getting a little bit too much. Yeah. Well, let's uh, cleanse it with a jingle jangle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Heck yeah. Um, this jingle jangle is from Ask Me Ask Me Another, the NPR quiz show that I love. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ophira Eisenberg is the host, and this is the episode where Bob Boylan and is talking about the Tiny Desk contest. And in the NPR's Tiny Desk contest, people were urged to submit a video of themselves performing their own original music. There had to be a desk in the video. There were like more than 6,000 submissions, and the winner was Galen Lee. And she played the song, Someday We'll Linger in the Sun. Now, I don't mean to be sensitive, but I am a little upset that they did not accept our duet of, oh, they built the ship Titanic. I I know. I thought it was sung beautifully. Maybe they didn't hear it loud enough. We should just <laughs> play, we sing should it louder. Sing it louder. Yeah. But for now, I guess we can listen to stupid Galen's song. Our love's a complex vintage wine. All rotted leaves and lemon rock. I spit you out, but now you're We bit the fruit, it seemed a lie I'll never know which way was right Now side by side, we face my night 
beautiful. So great. Um, Galen actually has a congenital disease. Like uh, you may have heard, brittle bones disease. So um, she actually, her arms and legs are sh- very short, and she plays the violin like most people would play the cello. Yeah, it's really amazing to see. And you know, she had to submit this video, but at the beginning of the video, she submitted. You really should look it up. Um, She's, she doesn't, you can't see her at the beginning of the video, and I'm mm. sure that she just didn't want to make it all about that. Totally. Because it is really a beautiful song, but she mentions in the, the clip that she was playing at a pizza parlor, mm. and she played a bunch of her songs and said, which one should I play for the time? Which one should I submit? Yeah. And the pizza eaters were like, this one. And I was just thinking, like, I don't know, like, I don't know. If this is pizza, is it pizza music? I don't know. It's beautiful. I it, it it is gorgeous, and I do feel like it like a real dick for calling her stupid, even though I was just being jealous. But yeah. I don't. I, it is beautiful. I don't know if it's pizza music. What is pizza music? Pizza music to me is like boom, 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 boom. I want you in my room. That is that what you're gonna say? That for sure. I believe it. If they got no, oh. I think it's like animatronic characters with banjos oh that's pizza music <laughs> to me oh my god you're, yeah duh yeah creepy animatronic like very slow eyelid you, closes and you can hear the eyelid closing yeah it's, it's like very they, important like, yeah and like yeah. you can hear the jaws going like this yeah you know what they should submit to the tiny desk oh, contest why didn't the chuck e cheese band is there a name for the the Chuck E. Cheese band? I bet there is. I bet it's like... Because um, there's so many good pun. Boot, boot scootin' banjo animal band. Oh, my God. I'm going to look Those it up. Those are some talented rodents. They were really... They were rocking. Well, um, yeah, I keep on looking that up. What do I even look up? Like Chuck E. Cheese band? animatronic band? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to look it up. Um, Eric, did you play any instruments when you were a kid? Now that we're talking about this? I did. I didn't know that about you. I should have asked you that in the interview Yeah, in section. the speed round. I um, I played the trombone. Why? Growing up. That's an odd yeah. choice. Because in fifth grade, I remember, we got to pick. It's not like yeah, someone you did. Yeah, you do you it. picked. Yeah. Um, that's a really good question, I guess. I don't know why. I don't know why I picked that it one. It didn't last. Or has it lasted and you've been keeping it a secret? <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up. I brought my trombone now. Don't and I'd love make to play, me play some pizza music. Oh my God, pizza music. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I picked it. I thought, I guess I thought it was, um, thought Jazzy? it was cool with the slide. You get to like, oh, you get to like throw cool the slide looking. around. Yeah. It looks like you know what you're doing. Like, yeah. some instruments, you just look at the person playing, and you're like, I don't even know if you're playing anything. But like, right. the trombone is like evidence. Yeah. Did you play an instrument? I played the cello. Um, I, I, that was awful. Uh, and then I played the guitar. Yeah. And I just didn't, and I played the piano. I didn't like the learning stage. Like, I just wanted to, like, be really good to be right, a right away. Right away, yeah. Yeah, like, I remember playing the guitar and, like, we were playing, like, songs called, like, The Caterpillar on the Leaf. And I was like, no, <laughs> I, I taught myself how to play Blister in the Sun. Yeah, because that's, that's why you learn guitar. Exactly. That's all I would play. Yeah. Like, my mom would be like, did you practice the little caterpillar on the leaf? And I'd be like, ba na 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 Our friend Kara Hughes, I'm going to tell you this joke, and no one has ever thought it was funny except for me and Kara. <laughs> so get ready. But, um, you know the White Stripe song, Seven Nation Army? It's like, bum, 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 
Kara and I were convinced that if you just threw an electric guitar down the stairs, uh-huh. it would like bounce on the stairs <laughs> and be like, bum, bum, bum. Like that's all you had to do. And like, I've never tried this out and I don't want to because yeah. I don't want my dreams to be shattered, but like, I'm pretty sure. It doesn't feel wrong. No, yeah. I have, n- no one's ever proven me wrong about this. I like that it's also bouncing on the beats. Oh, totally. That's yeah. what happens. It's physics. I mean, Kara, I think studied physics at some point. She's an engineer. Yeah, she must have she's studied. She's super smart. She is, she's our smartest well, friend, I think. She is, she is my smartest friend. Yeah. Yeah. And funniest, actually. Oh, we should have her on the podcast. Oh. Podcast. Kara, will you be on Kara, our podcast? Will you go to the dance with us? This is going to be so awkward when she um, doesn't mention it, and we're like, "I thought you said you listened to our podcast." Oh my gosh, this is a test, Kara. This is a. We should plant little Easter eggs for our friends to make sure they're listening. Good idea. Aww, we're such good get, friends. I know you guys are listening. <laughs> Bye. Okay, wait. I have a really good update. Um, Munches make believe band. Ew. I don't that know what idea. Because you. you munch. <laughs> I guess, like, the leader of the band was named Munch. Ugh. Yeah. it. Listen, it bums me out as much as it bums you out, but that doesn't change the fact that the Chuck E. Cheese band was called Munch's oh, Make God, Believe Band. Oh, God, such a missed opportunity. I would love to get in there and read yeah. everything. God. Yeah. Oh, man. Why, why aren't we running Chuck E. Cheese? I don't know. It's like, I ask myself that every day. I felt like I'm prepared for it. My major in college was Chuck E. Cheese management. I know. Yeah. I did. I remember that about you. I wasn't sure what that would lead to, but yeah. look at you now. <laughs> well, look at me now. Not yeah. managing a Chuck E. Cheese. That's what. Um, don't give up yet. Thank you. It's not too late. That's really nice of you to say. Thanks. You could probably like at least work in one, maybe be a janitor. That, could I work your way up from the bottom? Could I be the um, animatronics operator of no, Munch? No, not yet. Not oh. yet. No, you have to start at the very fucking bottom. In what fact, is this, some sort of fast track? We should probably start by just going a lot yeah. and playing in the ball pit. And if we're there enough, people will be like, do you work here? And we'll be like, yes. I don't see any kids with you. And then right. we'll just say, yeah. And we'll just, that's how jobs work. I think that's yeah. how jobs work. Okay. Next time, we'll have an update on that for sure. That's how I have my current job, but I still haven't figured out how to get them to pay me. Have they given you a desk ever? I was no, no, last no, no. time. No okay. desk. But honestly, if no one's using the sink in the bathroom, it, it like works out pretty well Oh, as a that's desk. good. Yeah. I'm glad you've figured, figured out a plan B. It's not a bad setup. Yeah. I mean, it's no like... Chef Hercules I mean, set up. He has it made. <laughs> I mean, but if you can figure out that pl- genius plan B, like, yeah. they should totally hire you. Because, like, Listen, that's innovative. I think you're right. Genius. It's like I'm using what I found right. to maximize my productivity. And that dipshit over there is just typing away on the computer you gave him. <laughs> Who can't do that? I'm using water to make characters that's, on the paper towels in the bathroom. That's <laughs> magical. The thing that doesn't work as well about that is it dries. It does dry. Uh, well, yeah. you got to figure figure. That's another challenge for I'm you. I'm working you can do on it, it. Okay. Warren. I'm working on it. This time next week, I'll expect an update. Okay. Don't I, I don't work well under pressure. I just want to say that I don't work well under pressure. Well, are we going to own a Chuck E. G's one day or not? Anyway. Okay, for the next segment, no comment. Um... This is How to Be Amazing with Michael Ian Black. Have you ever listened to it before? No, I didn't even know it existed, but I love Michael Ian Black. Well, I think you're going to really love this episode because Dan Savage is on it. I love Dan Savage. Yeah, episode number 33. And Dan Savage is just kind of talking about how, I mean, because he is like the original podcaster. Yeah. And I almost feel like Savage Love is like a lot of people's entryway into podcasts. Yeah. It's like... He's been doing forever, and he was doing this before podcasts even existed on The Stranger. So here he's talking about how he got into 
relationship advice. Tim Keck is the publisher of The Stranger, and he was the co-founder of The Onion uh, in Madison, Wisconsin in the late 80s, early 90s. Writing bullshit in the AP style, Tim Keck invented that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he sold The Onion and was moving to Seattle to start The Stranger. And I was in Madison, Wisconsin with my then-boyfriend as he got his master's degree. And I met Tim through a friend and said, oh, you're starting a newspaper, you should have an advice column because everybody reads those. You see that Q&A format, you can't not read it. And Tim was like, oh, that's excellent advice. You should write the advice column. And we began to joke about what it would mean for a gay guy in 1991 or 1990 to start writing a sex advice column in a straight newspaper where the gay guy giving sex advice to straight people. And originally the concept was it was just going to be a joke that I was going to treat straight people and straight sex with the same contempt and revulsion that heterosexual advice columnists had always treated gay people and gay sex with. And, and so, the, you know, the first year of the column was kind of this joke, this shtick that I was just like, ew, yuck, straight people, you're gross and disgusting, can't believe you do that. And straight people, never having been treated this way, loved it. It mm-hmm. was this brand new and hilarious experience. And they would write, and, and so letters started to pour in and then other papers started to pick the column up. And within 24 months, this column I thought I'd be writing for six months or a year as a joke became a real advice column and not a joke advice column. And I suddenly had to start learning things about sex. That is so interesting. And once again, even though it's our no comment segment where we hear a little a little trinket of wisdom and don't talk about it, I want to talk about it. I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> but I feel like we can't. We owe it to our listeners. No, we to, can't. You guys I go just, talk about it. I just you talk about this. it. I think it's so. That's such an interesting Isn't anecdote. That amazing. I yeah. mean, I do love him. He's he's great. Probably one of the smartest people that is like in the public eye. I think he's so smart. Yeah. Um, glad he's out there. I'm. Me too. I'm really glad he's out Thank there. Thank goodness for him. Yeah. Um, our podcast bay this week, which is just a podcast that we're digging on, that it was one of our go tos, is here's the thing with Alec Baldwin. Do you listen to this one? I've never. Oh, it's so. I love good. Alec Baldwin. Okay. Me too. I'm sold already. I know he's you know he's been through it a little bit in the public eye, but I think he's great. Um, he has that like smoky, sultry voice. It's that's not as sexy just, as your voice, FYI. Oh, thank you. It's just like, it's right for the podcast picking his voice. It's so good. Um, it's His podcast is on WNYC, and aside from his like satisfying sound, he has such interesting guests, and I know I say this about a lot of podcasts, that they just have such good people on. He, he really does. He... Um, Describes his guests on the show as artists, policymakers, and performers. Um, recent guests have been Anthony Weiner, of course, of Weiner Gate fame. One. Yeah, um, it's interesting because it's like you would think Anthony Weiner wouldn't want to go on a podcast and talk about that, but he does, and and Alec Baldwin handles it in such a delicate, interesting way. Um, the president of Doctors Without Borders was on Ellie Kemper, who we love. Okay. Um, and even everyone's favorite making a murderer star, Dean Strang. No. <laughs> yes. Dean Strang, yeah, um, you know uh, the Beacon, Upper Upper no. West Side, the Beacon oh, Theater. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dean Strang and the other like prosecutor or whatever, they were at the Beacon the other week. Like I don't know, oh just talking God. about just the show being and like sexy. Isn't that so funny? Yeah, it's I, I love the fame that they. I got. love how he's turned into a heartthrob. People like because yeah. he's like nerdy cute. Eyes for him. Like I know, and he's like smart and like fighting the good fight. And it's really funny. Yeah, I also think we've talked about making a murder or like or like some form of that. Like every episode of Let's this show. Let's keep it going. 
for next Don't week. Don't stop, can't stop. Nope. Um, so, so anyway, I love, here's the thing with Alec Baldwin, and I think you will too. Check it I out. I will. I'll listen to it this week. I added it to my list. Why not tonight? Tonight. tonight. Five minutes ago. Yeah. I just listened to it. I love it. I why, love it more than you. Why haven't you started playing it now? I love now. it more than you. I got a tattoo <laughs> on my face. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I think that's it. We, we did, did it. it. Another one. High five. Bites the dust. Did you hear that slap? We just high five. It was the best high five ever. That, I, I faked it just for the for yeah. the audio. But we got that audio. We did. No one can take that away from us. Hey, really good job this time, Lauren. Really good job this time, Eric. Thanks. Yeah. I really enjoyed myself. We um, would also like to thank our brand new editor, someone that we actually talked about in this episode, um, Kara Hughes. She's basically saving all of you from hearing... Um, some of our tangents that are pretty unlistenable. So she edits every episode. She's like, this part sucked. Get rid of it. And thank we love you. her for it. Yeah. And, and you should thank her for it. You really, you should send her, a, you should tweet her. Thanks, Kara. Thank you, Kara. Um, as always, um, follow us on Twitter. I'd love your podcast. And you can tweet us some of your favorite mm-hmm. podcasts and clips on Twitter, or you can email us at loveyourpodcast at gmail.com. Please do. We'd really appreciate Yay. it. Goodbye. Bye.